Welcome to Recurring Nightmares, episode 43. I am Chris, as always, joined by Jeff. Happy Halloween, Chris! It is. It is Halloween. We are recording on Halloween. We got a pair of horror anthologies to pair up against each other. Um, But before that, uh, what have you been watching this spooky season, Jeff? Well, you know, I had a. I've been watching a lot. We're not going to cover it all. Uh, and just in general, before I get into like the, I had a strange spooky season mm-hmm. where I didn't do the. I haven't done this in a couple of years. Where a movie a day, I just can't do it. Um, it's tough. It's, it's, it's a commitment, and but normally, you know, I watch like. You know, during this time, just like the most trashy, like you know, slasher movies, '80s horror movies, and this and that. And this year was like high-minded shit, like almost a lot of Mike Flanagan. Okay, uh, which you know he does the uh, he does like a lot of the Stephen King adaptations, um, it seems, the Netflix stuff, right? Yeah, it seems like he's had like a new Netflix series every year for like the last four years, and. um you know, I've always I've always really liked him. I, I get the criticisms uh, criticisms of him, and like, I kind of like I kind of agree to an extent, but I just think it's really cool to have someone in the genre who's like a real storyteller. Yeah, like you know, he has he has like the same instincts as King. Like it's it's about telling a story. It's about characters first, and you know, like some people will call him horror with a hug, which I think is funny. Uh, sure. <laughs> but you know, a lot of people be like his stuff is like drama with horror mixed in, and you know, fair too. But I think there's room for that in the genre, and I, I really enjoyed digging into his filmography this month. Like I watched some of his like early movies, like you know, I watched his very first film he made that was I think he made it at like seventy thousand bucks. Um, but this is all a long wind up to say that. The one big one of the big things I watched this month was on Netflix, which is his new series, the The Fall of the House of Usher. Um, Edgar which, Allan Poe adaptation. Yeah, so I'm not familiar with the the title, like the I've never read that one, so I don't know mm-hmm. if this has anything to do with that. But um, I am familiar with a lot of uh, other Poe works, and he like works them all into this. It's really neat. Um, so like he'll work in you know some of his poetry, some of his other short stories, to the point where like you know I'd see an episode title like uh, the finale, and I'm not gonna get into what it is, but I saw the episode title for the finale. I was like, oh, that's my favorite Poe short story, and I know how this is gonna end now. Like I figured out like how it was gonna end. Um, but the the idea of this show is, is basically, and again, I don't know. Do you are you familiar with the fall of the House of Usher, like the actual story that I've read it? Um, I know it deals with like family. I, I mean, a lots of family. lots of uh, yeah, lo- lots of post stuff though deals with like madness. Uh, um, but yeah, it deals it deals with like you know the Usher family, um, yeah, and uh, you know isolation, depression, stuff like that. So okay, so the idea here is it. The Usher family in this adaptation by him is they're like a rich family. They're like the Purdue's, like the the pharma the pharmaceutical yeah. family. Yep. Like it's basically that. Like they, 
invented oxycontin but they don't call it that right mm-hmm. and uh and the you know finding his stuff usually has something to say and, and this is it's no different in a way but it's not like like midnight mass hit me in a way that was like very profound that you know it would make you think about the meaning of life and what happens to you after you die which is something i've always obsessed with since i was a kid this is a little more straightforward and fun and the, pre- the idea here is that rich people are evil and in order to get into the position that they got like you know the, the truly rich and powerful the billionaires yeah they made it they made a deal with the devil and that's that's what this show is and you get to watch their downfall as the devil comes to collect you know on his death. It's time to pay the price, and in this show, each episode, you get to see a different member of you know the Usher family die in uh, horrific fashion. Um, I think it's as good as anything he's done. Again, it's, it's not like to me, Midnight Mass is going to be like this thing that I talk about for the rest of my life as like one of the best things I've ever seen. It's not that, but this is you know it's quality like that, and I, I just thought one, it was really neat how. Flanagan worked other Poe stuff into this, and you could totally watch it not knowing anything about. Like my wife didn't had no idea. I said to her in the last episode, like this is you know this is Edgar Allan Poe stuff, right? And she's like, what? <laughs> like no idea. Uh, and she enjoyed it, and um, it's just fun. It's smart, and uh, you know it's entertaining, satisfying. It's fun seeing these rich people get their comeuppance, and it does uh, you know. Unlike Midnight Mass, it gets going pretty quick. Midnight Mass takes about four episodes to get going. This is like the end of the second episode was just fucking nuts. Like I couldn't believe just, it. Just like ends on a gruesome mass murder, just so gross and awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean that that, uh, that that checks out. I I I've not read, I've not seen the uh, the show yet, but I see the titles here. Mask of the Red Death was the second episode, so it checks out. It's um, it's just really clever. I, I think it's really, and then he'll even like have um, there'll be parts where he, you know, he always does his monologues, but he'll like work in yeah. the characters just like out of nowhere will kind of like start reciting Poe, like they'll do like Annabelle Lee or part of the Raven, and you know, it's it really artsy moments, but. It works like it just works as a piece of entertainment, whether you know Poe or not. Um, and just yeah, hugely satisfying series for Halloween. I, I'm like so happy I checked in because I missed uh, some of his other ones. Like, I didn't watch the Midnight Club, I didn't watch he had two Haunted House ones, I didn't watch one of them. I think he had two, yeah, they were um, uh, Haunting of Hill House and the Haunting of Bly Manor. Yeah, so Bly Manor, I did not watch. And that one, like, is, like, buried. You'll, like, see all the other ones on Netflix, but I don't know if Bly Manor's even on there still. But, um... It's one that, like, uh, people that like it really like it, but then others are like, this is kind of boring, because it's... I I don't know, I've not seen it, so... That's how people are with him in general. I I think if you're going to horror for just, like, the blood and guts and, and that, like he delivers that stuff, but like, you're, you're going to get like a smart adult drama first and foremost. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. I mean, and again, I think this is a little bit faster paced than his usual stuff and just more like light, 
light enter- entertainment. Like, it, it, there's still, you know, all the, you know, intelligence and drama that you'd expect. At the end of the day, it's billionaires getting their comeuppance. It's like succession if someone died every episode. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And, and uh, you know, for you being a Star Wars fan, it, it's cool to see Mark Hamill in this as he plays like their lawyer slash fixer guy. And mm-hmm. it's a really fun character. Like they call him, I think his name is Arthur Pym in it. And they call him the Pym Reaper. And uh, <laughs> Hamill is doing this thing with his voice that I don't know if I love, but like um, his presence, like it's like this gravelly voice he's doing. But his presence on the show is good. And, and like I like how his character is written. And as it goes on, he becomes like. An interesting character, I think, in the last two episodes. Um, nice. Yeah, it's just neat to see him in something. He's usually doing a lot of voice work. Uh, he's getting to do something different here. But yeah, big recommend for me. Um, nice. I guess I'll touch on the one other Netflix thing that I watched that is not horror. That's probably the only okay. thing I'll talk about that's not horror. It's more of like a like a thriller. And it came out this month on Netflix called Fair Play. And the idea of Fair Play is it's like these, these, this couple, they both work at the same like stockbroker hedge fund fucking place or whatever. Basically baking bets on the stock market. Uh, someone leaves and there's like a big position that's open and the boyfriend in this scenario thinks he is going to get promoted and get that position but she gets it instead and on top of it like they're like secretly dating so like no one else in the office knows that she's now his boss and it creates <laughs> tension between them so to speak uh you know he feels inferior and yada 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 she starts like going out with the boys every night because you have to go out for drinks otherwise you know you, you know what i'm saying right yeah and uh it just like escalates in insane fucking ways and uh I, I, people describe it as an erotic thriller i i don't know there's sex in it but i, I wouldn't i wouldn't describe it like that i i just say it's more of like this thriller of like a relationship that goes way off the rails into some really like kind of scary territory and I found it uh, I was able to relate to both the characters like and their frustrations with each other I think ultimately you're supposed to like really dislike the guy but I could kind of I could kind of feel for him too you know your wife is going out or his fiance is going out like stand out to like Midnight coming home hammered, and she's like saying it's part of the job, you know. I think I could see that, I could see that getting old pretty quick, yeah. But uh, but the way he reacts to it, and uh, ultimately, he's he's meant to be seen as the bad guy in this, but uh, the movie is a lot of fun. I think it, it'll probably be on my top 10 this year. That's a uh, bars the guy who played Han Solo, right? Alden Eldritch, or something oh. like that, yeah. I guess so. I've never seen it, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think so. Now I can picture him in it. Uh, yeah, fun movie. Uh, it kind of like came and went. Like it feels like it didn't get the notice it should have. It is well worth checking out. Nice. I will. Uh, I will add that to the list of Netflix queue that I probably will never get to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a never-ending list. 
Yeah, I, dude, it's it's hard to keep up with everything. But that one is, you know, I've put it, at, you know, high priority. Uh, All right. And then I got two brand new horror movies that just came out in the last week or so. Okay. Uh, also high priority, at least one of them, and that is uh, When Evil Lurks, which is now available on Shutter. I'm I'm about 15 minutes into that. I was like, I'm gonna start this, and I was like, shit, we are recording in. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if you got to anything yet. I don't. I think you're like really close. Uh, well, you probably saw some disgusting shit. I've I've seen the rotten. Yeah. Um, I understand that they are possessed in some way. Yes. I don't know how they're possessed. Um, there doesn't seem to be any religion in this so that that's that's where i'm at like very early yeah this is a very interesting possession film in that uh one the, the, it's a world where possession accepted fact of life like everyone knows about it and you could get possessed right uh and okay. there's all these there's all these rules to it and the movie just kind of, I think, in a you know, in a smart way, just ex- respects that you're smart enough to understand that. Like you'll figure that out, and okay. they do they lay out the rules and stuff to you. But like, for the most part, they're like, yeah, the audience will get this. Um, but yeah, and and the way possession works is it's kind of like viral. It's it's honestly to me it feels like a zombie movie. But it's like, you know, these people that are possessed, there's like pus and stuff like dripping out of them. And if you get that on you or you get that in you, you will also get possessed. And the the rotten, as they call them, the possessed, like will eventually give birth to a demon. Um, it, It's, I think, it's grim and brutal and fast paced. Like it doesn't take long to get going. Like it's about to go for the you know go for the races chris in a second like we're within 10 minutes of where you're at you're gonna be like holy fucking shit yeah. and it just does not let up till the end so it's a lot of fun the movie kind of like took the horror community by storm like everyone's watching it everyone loves it like there's very few people that are like eh, it didn't do it for me or you know because it delivers it's 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 fun it's fast and there are uh, a few moments of shocks, like moments of shock that are just like, whoa, did not see that coming. And like, that went really hard and that was really gory and, or that was just really shocking. <clears throat> There's something coming up. I, I'll, I'll, we'll, I'll talk to you after the movie, after you see it. Um, that really got me good. <laughs> and it doesn't actually show anything. It's just, it really got me good. And I've, I've seen other people post about how, um, they're like, oh, I have kids, and that really got me. And I'm like, I don't have kids, and that got me. Like, that fucking scared the shit out of me. Um, but I don't want to say what it is, because I don't want to ruin the surprise for you. Uh, yeah, this thing came out of nowhere. It's a big hit. Um, it, it's, you know, I guess uh, too bad it's not like a big theatrical release, because then could get more money. But uh, it's cool. It's really good. Uh, I'm, I'm, like, excited to hear what you think of it. Okay. Um the other one is uh, is uh, a movie called Suitable Flesh, which I don't know yeah, if you've heard of. Yes, yeah, I just rented it, so it was like I had to make a choice: do I watch that or do I watch When Evil Lurks? So I like 
it's next on the list after okay. after when evil lurks. So I guess we will have a follow up to this discussion, but uh, yeah, it's a new movie from Joe Lynch who did that Mayhem movie. I don't know how he's like a like a name in the horror community already when that's like kind of the one big thing that I know he did. But uh, it, it, it was something that I think um, Stuart Gordon, the guy that did Reanimator and a lot of HP Lovecraft stuff, it's something that he was working on before he died, and Joe Lynch picked it up and uh, you know kind I of. I mean, made he's, this. he's he's been around for. I mean, Mayhem might be what you know him from, but he did Wrong Turn too. Yeah. Okay. But, but that's, that's yeah, I saw that. that. Yeah, but that's yeah. like that wasn't even theatrical, was it? Um, was it? That one might have made it to theaters, and then the rest of them didn't. Okay. I, don't, I don't know. Okay. Um, I just didn't see. You know, it, it, he's like one of the horror names, and I like looked at his filmography, and I'm like, okay, I guess. Um, but it, yeah, so like the idea here is like there's this disease, there's demon, uh, mind flayer mm-hmm. possessing people, and um, you know, I don't want to give everything away, but you know. We have Heather Graham as this like psychiatrist, and a lot of the movie is her like being super horny and smoking and drinking, and these are all things that tick boxes for me. And so while it is a very corny and it is a very cheap looking movie, it's kind of in the spirit of Stuart, Stuart Gordon. Uh, and um, Heather Graham is that you know besides the fact that she's doing things I like, she's very good in it. Um, it's a fun time. Like it's nothing like to write home about. But if these things are up your alley, you'll probably have a good time, like I did with it. Uh, yeah. Um, and like I've, I, I, I clearly have not seen it yet, but heard it's based on an H.P. Lovecraft short story. Um, like there's 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 some stuff in there that was like, yeah, this seems cool. And the trailer yeah. is exceptionally good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. It, uh, I don't know if it always is like amped up to the way the trailer is, but yeah, it delivers the stuff you'd want from it. And I don't know, did Lovecraft come up with the Mind Flayer the character that you'll see in like fantasy games and movies and shit? Because uh, I mean, if are they are they calling it specifically a Mind Flayer? Like he has, they show pictures of it like that. They show like a book she's looking at, and it shows a picture of one with a weird like tentacle face. You know? Oh, uh, I mean, like the te- yeah, that I mean, yeah. The, Tentacle monsters in Cthulhu, the mythos there is very, very strong. Like yeah. he he loves a good tentacle faced monster and creatures and and shit. But these look just like the ones you'll run into in a game I'm playing right now, Dark Souls Three. Like, and I think they're called mind flayers in that. And it's yeah, I don't know. It's this character, they don't show that actual character. They just show her looking at a book, and you're supposed to be like, "Oh, like you're supposed to fill like fill in the blanks, like, oh, that's got what it. it is. It's that. It's that creature that's possessing these people." But basically, uh, she, you know, she is a psychiatrist who begins helping someone who's convinced that, you know, something, uh, you know, some sort of entity took over his dad, and now it's trying to take over him, and then the entity is trying to take over her, and. She gets to have a lot of fun with that as an actress. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, she's really good at it. It's fun, like, when she gets possessed the way she's... I'm trying to think. There's, like, another thing that it makes me think of. But I, it's on the tip of my tongue. 
But it's like someone being possessed and not acting like themselves in a movie. It's really fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, it, it's nothing like it's not going to blow you away or anything. But it, it, it's an okay, fun time. Uh, I blind bought it and don't really regret it. I'm sure I'll watch it again someday. Good. I'm um, glad this. Like, I was like that trailer sold me on it, and then you were like, "This isn't as good as like the last one." I was like, "Oh no!" But you, you, seem, you seem to like it. It's no, yeah. It's just go in expecting like a kind of a cheap goofy movie that again i think if you like stuart gordon stuff you're gonna like it like if you like reanimator and stuff like that it's just it's not reanimator it's not as good as that but it's fun and you know me i'm a a perv so i like the the (laughs) pervertedness of it um but yeah that's well that's not it for me this month but i'll leave it at that so we're not here all night all right um I will. I have I have a, a short list of four. I've I've tried to do thirty one films this month. I did not hit it. I hit twenty eight with when Evil Lurks uh, will hit me at twenty nine, like almost there. But I don't, oh, I don't think I'm good. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to stay up and watch two more to hit thirty one. I don't don't care that much. But uh I guess I'll start with the most recent one, the one that dethroned Taylor Swift at the box office, which is nuts oh because this film is on Peacock as well. It, it is it is a movie you can stream at home for less than it would cost you to go to the movie theater. But uh, Five Nights at Freddy's made $80 million over the weekend. Insane. <clears throat> Absolutely insane. And uh, I did not like that film. <laughs> that's the best thing about it like it's totally not good at all uh i don't know people said that about halloween ends and i turned around on that but uh but I, this I, is supposedly like a piece of shit uh i mean it's clearly not made for me like yeah uh and i've heard from some people that like the the games and like there's there's a whole bunch there's like 20 of these games and there's books and like all sorts of other media around it. I've heard from some people that that like that stuff that like they liked it, and I've heard from some people that like that stuff that they didn't like it. So it's kind of like mixed bag for fans. But I don't know anything about Five Nights at Freddy's uh, other than it's like haunted Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah. Um. This guy he uh, becomes a security guard there. That's that's what I know of the game. That's what happens in the movie. This guy becomes a security guard, and like weird shit happens. Um, I heard that's like a small portion though, and that like a lot of it is just like these other stories. Yeah. Or... So there's there's this overarching story with the security guard and his little sister. Um of like his aunt trying to take custody of her because his his mom died and his dad is missing in action or whatever. So like there's like this weird domestic storyline going on uh, where the aunt is very clearly a a mean, nasty lady. There is a storyline where at some point in the past, uh, the the main character's brother was kidnapped and he's been missing for years. Uh, Sounds like yeah. a mess. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's like a lot of shit going on, and like so, like the brother is like he tries to sleep because he thinks he can remember details of 
the the crime. He's trying. He keeps trying to go into his like into these dreams and find it. And the aunt is hiring people to like fuck with with him so she can get custody. Like, and this is all going on around this. And you know, oh, you know, it, it all interacts in some way where oh, the the aunt hires this this person to fuck with with him. And they're like, well, we'll just break into the place that that he just got a job at. Because if he doesn't have a job, he can't keep custody. And clearly, shit goes bad there. They break into, you know, the Chuck E. Cheese, Freddy's, whatever it's called. And uh, the the animatronics kill the people that broke in. Uh, oh, and there's like another whole storyline where this cop knows a whole lot about all these animatronics. And she knows that they're actually possessed and she knows about like some evil killer guy that has taken them. And she's trying to, to keep people protected and not let this guy, like it's a fucking mess of a film. There's way too many storylines. They really should have just been like, Hey, you're a security guard. Bad shit happens in this Chuck E. Cheese because the animatronics are murderous and left it at that. Um, None of it's scary. The animatronics do look pretty cool. Yeah, I heard Henson. Uh, did the, yeah, the, Jim Henson Company did the uh, did all the animatronics on it. Um, but that's really it. Like, there's nothing more to it there. Yeah. I was like, this is kind of dull. Like, I was checking my phone throughout most of it. If I had gone to the movie theater for this, I would have been absolutely bored out of my mind. <laughs> um, it just was not entertaining. Um, I guess if you have Peacock, it's it's there to watch. I am I cannot believe it made eighty million dollars though. It's crazy. Um, I was like planning to check it out just out of curiosity, just so I could be in the discourse, so to speak, and just know yeah. what I'm talking about. But like, I got told by Friday morning that you know this isn't for me so much that I yeah. said, then I guess fuck you, I'm not watching it. There was there was a lot of like uh like finger wagging like come Friday or Saturday morning when it was clear this is gonna be a big box office hit where like a lot of old men in their forties are realizing that they're old and that and, and just so you know, this is like <laughs> there's like people explaining this on Twitter, like just so you know, this is a franchise that's very popular with kids and blah 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 and they're loving it and it's not for you and it's not for you, it's not for you. I'm like, then I guess it ain't for me. Go fuck yourself because and that, I think that's fine. Like, I, one, I don't care. Like, doesn't have to. Not everything has to be for us. I just think inherently it's a bad horror film. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> that, well, that's what pissed me off, honestly. Like, seeing all that is because, like, all the criticism I saw of it wasn't criticizing it as being something that was popular with kids or, you know, skewed toward kids. It was that sucked. And it's boring. (laughs) It's like a lot of things that suck. It doesn't mean it's good. And exactly. You know, some things for kids are really great. Like I I could watch Bluey and I'm like, that's, that's not for me. Right. That's for like really young kids, but it's so well done. I can recognize it as being well done. I'm not, it's, it's a weird, it was, a, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way the way people talked about it, where it was like, yeah, you don't get I, it, it's not for you, I'm like, I'm perfectly capable of getting things, <laughs> and I'm perfectly capable of understanding that this is, like, more for kids, I just heard that this thing sucked, I didn't hear anything, you know. There's, there's nothing, there's no, there's nothing good from a horror standpoint, like, if you just want to see these characters in action, sure, I guess, like, they're there for a little bit, but it's a lot of time spent on, like, 
you know, this guy Mike, the security guard, his sister Abby, the lore. The, the, the cop Vanessa. Yeah, there's a lot of lore, but there's not a ton of like Freddy and or these other ones. Um I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to see who the, the name of the fucking they don't I guess they don't talk, so they don't really get their dinner <laughs> Oh here they Bonnie, Chica, Foxy, Mr. Cupcake. Like, I mean you would know who Mr. Cupcake is because he's a fucking animatronic cupcake, but like <laughs> I wouldn't know any of the rest of the, if you were like they're the Chuck E. Cheese band, I'd be like, okay, like <laughs> that's what they look like. There's fucking kids, pizza shop, animatronics, birthday party shit, right? Like it's not there's there's nothing there that was like this is like why kids like it. Nothing drew me in. Um except for Matthew Lillard who is hamming it the fuck up in this film. <laughs> He's only in it for about 4 minutes. But the parts here in I, I found like he's just he's just off his rocker like he I is in a different him. movie. I like I you know I guess he I'm sure he still gets work and maybe does a lot of TV I don't know but uh, I I always thought he was a good actor. Yeah, he's fun. Like he seems to be having a good time in this, and like I'm glad that 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 works. He he evidently has for like the last decade been shaggy. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he was he was in a uh, a, a re- remake of She's All That. Uh, called He's All That, um, where he played the principal in it. That's it. That's all he's been in. He's been shaggy hmm. <laughs> okay. in the cartoons. Um, anyway, Gosh. yeah, that's Five Nights at Freddy's. I was going to say, he should have been bigger. I always really liked his work in SLC Punk. There's a part where he uh, has like break down and cry. That, like, man, dude, it looks real. Um. Um, so that's Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, something else designed for kids that I actually found as cheesy as it is, I found it kind of enjoyable. I watched Haunted Mansion uh, by Disney on yeah. the airplane. That film is perfectly watchable. Like everybody in that is having fun. The Keith Stanfield is great. Um, everybody else in it's okay, <laughs> but. It's like a fun, goofy kids horror film. Like it works. Yeah. Um, not not much more to say there. I don't think it's like something you need to go out and watch. But I, will I probably know. I'll probably watch it at some point because I am a huge, huge fan of of the ride. And like the trailers, kind of really kind of gave you like a little Easter eggs for people who are you know fans of the ride. It seems like it at least like. Does a little, little bit with that, but uh, I mean, just going like it's an over the top horror comedy, right? Like it's it's a kids horror tale, like yeah, not, and it's about ghosts, which you would know if you you know you know the haunted mansion. So it's it's all ghosts. There's not like a lot more going on there. There's, There's a couple backstories about fucking different shit that's unrelated to. Uh... No, there there is like a main backstory that they're trying to uncover because that's how you get rid of, I guess the the curse or whatever here. Um, so like they're they're doing that, but it's all done within you know the two hour time frame. There there's not twenty seven different storylines going on. <laughs> um, and and I mean the cast they put together is having fun. Like Keith Stanfield, Tiffany Haddish, 
Owen Wilson, Danny DeVito, Rosario Dawson, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, like I, I enjoyed it. Like it's it was fun. Like it's not anything like oh my god that's amazing. But in terms of a film, a horror film made for kids, like I think it works. And I'm honestly I do not know why Disney put that out in the middle of fucking July. Uh, or at the end of July, like that—that that should have been an October release for them. Yeah, I think, I think it would have done better if you they released it early October. Yeah. People are not thinking, except psychos like us are not thinking spooky season in July. Right. Yeah. Um. So that's that. Uh, another one I watched on. I guess I did not watch this on the airplane, but I watched the Blackening. If you, you, yeah. you know what this one is? I do. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a uh it's a black horror comedy. Um it's a, it's a like, you know, it's a slasher. And I I thought it was incredibly creative and funny. Um I laughed all the way throughout like they play up some major tropes throughout the whole like, you know, slasher tropes and uh horror tropes. And and racial tropes too, like, and they just make it all very very funny. I had a good time with it. So, yeah, um, I've, I've heard it's good, uh, and you know, I saw you liked it. I just I didn't like the trailer, so I was just like, I'm out. And it looked, like the way it was like advertised, it was like this is like almost like a fathom event or something. I'm like, is this like uh, someone barely made a movie and put it in the theater, but then everyone <laughs> seemed to like it? So I'll, I'll probably get around to it eventually. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll hit streaming somewhere um yeah i found found it to be very charming it's just you know it just plays off of a lot of horror tropes that we're very familiar with and a lot of like the ethnic stereotypes that that come with horror like good and bad um (laughs) and like i pretty much called the killer like the the person the ringleader out from the beginning um but it, that didn't like hurt it for me. It's like it was just like yeah, like I <laughs> I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> it was it was just kind of fun. And finally, um, another new one that uh, this one came out on my birthday, and it finally hit um, streaming services. I remember exactly? I don't know if it's on Paramount or uh, Peacock, but I watched Slaughter House. Say, uh, seen this. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've seen it out there. Yeah, so it's a it's a uh, sorority house uh, that adopts a sloth, uh, and the sloth goes on a killing rampage. <laughs> it's just, but like nobody suspects it's the sloth at first. So it's, like, <laughs> the sloth is just slowly killing people, and like if you know anything about sloths, they don't move very fast. Yeah, they're sloths. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's absurd. It's really, really dumb, but um, and I don't think it's particularly good, but I had a good time with it. Like, I laughed you know, in the appropriate spots. There's not um, a rental, right? Like, you can't just watch it. I thought that I, I I was gonna rent it, and then I believe that it was on, like, Paramount or or oh, something. That's, it. that's probably it, because I don't have Paramount. Uh, so I was surprised. Like, they were like, oh, it's like it's it's out it's out on regular streaming. I was like, all right. I mean, I was gonna pay for it, but <laughs> um, it was it was on something. Uh, yeah, that it's it's so dumb. 
but uh, I had a good good time with it. It's it's a good year for like stupid fun horror. So uh, also a good year for you know some grisly horror too. So we we've had some of that and some psychological stuff and cosmic horror. So what was that? The the outer outwaters. The, yeah, the outwaters. I didn't like that one. But... I think I was the one person that liked it. But uh, I did. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, uh, people like Skinamarink. I've still not seen that. You, you. <laughs> I, I think I would hate it. Hear, <laughs> I would love to hear your reaction. I tried rewatching it, and I was like, you know, I think that was a one and done. <laughs> like, yeah, like, and the way I heard about it, it's just like I'm gonna hate this film. I told you how I watched it, though. I think, which is that, like, I would watch it for like 15 minutes, and then. Mm-hmm. Like right before bed, I would watch it, and I'd watch like 15 minutes, and then the next night, right before bed, like you know, turn out all the lights and watch like because there's nothing happening. You're just staring at spooky like hallways and shit, and like that's okay in small chunks, especially late at night, and you got the lights out like, and it works in that way. But like to sit there and try to watch it as a movie, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, don't do that. But if you if you're interested, I would say do it like I don't I don't even see anyone say this, but the way I did it, I felt like was a really good way to do it. Um, just uh like like watch it in little like slight yeah. chunks before bed. Watch like a watch like a ten minute chunk before bed. You'll get through it eventually, and yeah. you'll you'll be able to be like I saw that movie that was like, <laughs> you know a big deal in a way. Um. Because that was one I was like, I have to be able to talk about this, you know, as like not a professional, but as someone who like talks about horror. Uh, I feel like I had to know, and I ended up like appreciating some of the stuff he did in it, like for sure, especially on such a low budget. And I don't necessarily need a a, a near a narrative. Uh, I think cinema would be interesting outside of that, but. It's definitely outside of that. <laughs> There's not much going on. So, uh, yeah. all right. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do that. That seems like I could I get I get spare like ten fifteen minutes before. Yeah, just like that's it's the type of thing that like if it were a ten minute YouTube video, you'd say, "Oh, that was like brilliant!" Like it was like, yeah. you know, like really nailed the atmosphere that they're going for. But it's like it it is like nearly a two-hour movie where nothing happens so it's a lot wow i i remember everybody was like oh my god it's, it's so great and now I, I just pulled it up and it's like seems like maybe people have turned on it a little bit like it's 4.9 yeah. on imdb and... there were people who really really hated it from the get-go so it was like most of the critics critics that kind of gave it its due and saying that like you know, he's doing something here, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, like, he, he could be someone to watch, like, he's got, uh, and it's a type of, it's a thing called, like, analog horror that, like, is popular kind of with younger people on YouTube and shit, where it's just, like, weird shit, like, anyways, um, well, let's, get in, to, let's get into, let's get into our about? Oh, what do you, what do you want? The big, the big movie event of the, of the month? What's, what's, what's that? Taylor Swift? Oh, shit. Yeah, I guess we should before we get into our films. Um, yeah, we both saw Taylor Swift, uh, The Errors Tour. Your first time, like, I, I saw her live. This is yeah. your first time seeing it. Um, and it's an experience. It was just, I just, 
brought it up because it was a unique theater going experience for sure. Like everyone was like quiet and reserved for the first song or two, and I was like, ah, yeah, you know, where I live, no one's gonna like act like this is a concert. We're too reserved here. And no, like two two songs in every all the girls were up dancing and going crazy, and it was really fun. And like made it like a concert atmosphere. I'm pouring booze in my fucking cup. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had a good time. Yeah, um, it, it was so we we saw. I think we both saw it opening weekend. Yeah, um, which I think is the time that you probably should have gone. Um, it was it was still number one the second weekend. So maybe that wouldn't have been bad, but like it only made fifteen million last weekend, which. There were people in theaters, but not to the extent You're that there were when there we like went. Three people. Yeah, and like the part of the fun of seeing this in a theater is with the people that are going to get up and sing and yeah. and dance and kind of do the crowd interactions. That that you know, these people are way more into Taylor Swift than either of us ever will be. Like <laughs> they know they know all the conspiracy theories. They know all the crowd interaction bits they there was like they, things that you were supposed to do at certain moments that they all yeah. did like they all knew i had no you know, I had no idea i like her you know uh there, and there were girls it was mostly young girls there were girls at the front of the theater like right in front of the screen doing cartwheels and shit i was like <laughs> what the fuck awesome. are you doing um, yeah, we had people. So I, I actually saw it in, in the IMAX screen, but people like went into the like that weird area in the front, like where it just open yeah. space in an yeah. IMAX screen, and they were down there dancing. And yeah. sometimes they were actually, and I think I got a, I think I got a picture of one where I don't know how an IMAX camera actually works, but like the way it was hitting this little girl. She was being projected up onto the screen with Taylor, like her shadow. It was awesome. Dude. You just like see like her dancing down there, and then there's the shadow standing next to Taylor Swift dancing along with. It's her. almost like mixing with the movie. Yeah, it was it was a blast. I, I know people are like complaining because like some of the sound is bleeding over into Killers of the Flower Moon. So funny, <laughs> so fucking uh, funny. Yeah, it's hysterical to me, but. Um, this this is something that I think that I don't know if there's anybody else besides Taylor Swift and maybe Beyonce is doing the same thing in December. Mm. They might be the only two acts that could do something like this, but maybe the, yeah. theaters need something to because you know they're not all coming out to the movies anymore. Like there are movies that do real well, but. So it's sometimes like it's just surprising. Like you look at Five Nights at Freddy's that. You could watch at home. You should watch at home. And yeah. they came out. People went out so, for it. So people, people will still go out for a, something that feels like an event. Look at Barbie. Look and, at Taylor yeah, Swift. You know. Barbie, Oppenheimer, evidently Five Nights at Freddy's, Taylor Swift, an event. Like, and that that's what's fun about it, right? Like, it's it's an yeah. event that people are, and in this, it's such a weird event because she so she encouraged people to treat it like an actual concert. So. I have never seen a concert film in theater. As someone who didn't get to go to that tour and really wanted to, that was like a real treat because it felt like I was at a concert, kind of. Um, it was a good environment, right? Like, 
Yeah, but like I wasn't paying like fucking sixteen dollars for a beer. I was instead getting a, a, a free free drink that I was pouring into my cup that I bought. <laughs> uh, there was one part though where you know all the Swifties knew you're supposed. You know, how back in the day, you pull out your lighter. Now it was now it's your phone with the flashlight on your phone. Yeah, yeah. They all did that, and this fucking usher came in. He like ran around yelling at all of them to stop, and it was like. Dude, you ain't gonna. What are you gonna do? Let, like, let it go. I don't understand why. They also, have to stop. yeah, like stop. Like, I mean, stop she's, what? Why? She has. She said, like, do the crowd interactions. She said, film it. Like, if you want to film it, like that's something that you are not allowed to do in theaters. Like, and she's like, no, go ahead, film the crowd, film, film uh, me on screen. Like, do what you they, want. They weren't, you know. Maybe some of them were filming, like kind of like the crowd reaction stuff with it, but like it was just like you're doing the lighter thing. That's all they were doing. Yeah, yeah. And this kid, this poor kid's running around like, please don't do that, please don't do that. And like everyone's like, like everyone would stop for a second, and then like everyone kept doing it. Like, I'm surprised they just didn't boo him until he ran away. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like if I were that kid and my boss only did it, like, dude, who cares? And I, they were, they were. They had to have. I don't know why to watch what's going on because it's a ruckus like environment. This is someone just stand there and watch the movie. Some kid that probably doesn't want to, and he's just like sitting on the floor, like you know, like the like the little aisle as you walk in, like the doors as you walk in, and it leads into the auditorium. Like this kid just like sitting there, like fucking looking miserable. It's like, oh, <laughs> I have to, I have to sit through three can you, hours. Can you imagine how many times he watched that fucking movie too now? <laughs> And like maybe the first time it's fun, right? Like, yeah, you're like, oh, this is, but now, like, the, the fifth time at this weekend, the 56th oh, time you've seen it, yeah, like, I don't, don't want to watch Taylor Swift anymore. Um, I and, and you know, I, I think we both saw it on Saturday, so we, we did not see it opening night, which was Thursday or the Friday. And I saw people complaining that people were up dancing and singing, and dude, like, it is a oh, yeah, I saw that too. It's like. That's what if I'm. That's what I want out of it. I don't know what other concert films are like because I've never seen one in the theater. I doubt that people people probably just sit there in silence. I guess, but it's a concert film. There's nothing going on but a concert. So treat it as such. I don't. Like, I don't. I don't get why sing you along. Do like if, yeah. If you want to watch, if you like, want to watch it in silence, which is weird because like I don't know. Yeah, like I sing along to shit. Yeah, exactly. But I guess watch it at home when she eventually releases it on like Amazon or, or you, Netflix. If I watch it at home, which I will, I'm not gonna be sitting there silently on my couch like all stoic. Like, <laughs> right? I'm gonna be singing along as I do other shit too. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Um, you don't. It, it's not. It, it's not Killers of the Flower Moon. It's fucking a concert. Like, have fun. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I have seen one other concert film in in theaters. It was a Metallica concert, but it was like a weird hybrid thing they did, which was like part movie, part concert. Nobody oh, was ever singing for that yeah, one. I've heard of that one, yeah. Uh, and no, no one was like fist pumping or anything for that. It was it was it was a weird thing. Uh, but I'm glad this one. Good reaction from the crowd. Uh, for the most part, people seem to have a good time. So, yeah. Sorry to derail us for 10 minutes there, but... No, it's all right. I, I think, it I think it's worth talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but let's let's jump into our feature presentation um, of the month. 
we have a pair of VHS movies, uh, and I don't mean uh, tapes either. I mean uh, the series VHS, which is oddly long. <laughs> it's oddly been around for quite some time. Um, this is the fifth. We're pitting the fifth and sixth entries against each other. VHS 99, which came out last year, and VHS 85, which just released this October. Um, these are anthology films. Uh, premise is that they're found footage, like that's kind of implied in the VHS name that they're they're tapes. Um, and these, I think, the last three have all been year based. And it's uh, not all like a shutter series. Where like the, I think that we'll get one next year. Like it's a thing that they do now. And yeah. and like you said, it's like always. I think in a cool way now it's like always based around like a very specific year. Like, which which I think works real well for it because it it allows them to kind of theme their their stories in an era and, and have them play that way. Um, yeah. It's kind of the best thing about it. I think about these like last few. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't love 94. Um, I think it's fine. Like, I think there's some good stuff in there. Uh, but, uh, the, these, these two are different. Um, VHS 99. We'll kick off with that one. the faster you use up your air so you can't panic. September 16th, uh, 2022. Well, it debuted there at the Toronto International Film Festival, but then hit Shutter in October of last year. Um, and as I said, it's a series of shorts uh, tied together. And uh, this one doesn't... I guess it does kind of... I mean, the all of these kind of have an a wrapping story. Kind of, yeah. yeah. They kind of, they're like kind of getting away from it while still ret- retaining it in a way, if that makes any sense. Like, it's like, this one especially is because it's like, this one's weird. There's a, uh, there's like interludes where it's like someone playing with their like 
their camcorder, like making movies like I used to when I was a kid. Yeah, with your like toys. Toy yeah, like I used to do it with Gumby and Pokey. <laughs> but it, it reminded me of that. It was, it was, and I'm like, that's the era I grew up in. And I'm like, wow, I wasn't the only weirdo doing stuff like that. Um, but uh, but that leads into being like you find out that that's like your third or fourth story. It's not a wraparound, right? Like it's right. Like it just like it's it's not. So it's it's the next to last story. I think there there is one, two, three, four. There's five stories here. It's the fourth one. Yeah. Uh, all these interludes kind of lead up to this this short called the Gawkers. We'll get there shortly. Um, but yeah, and actually, it does at the end. It ends with that as well. Um, okay. It, it does does you know it has another ending interlude. Uh, that goes back to those kids, but yeah, I mean, it's this takes place in 1999, and uh, around that time, uh, very very popular was um, like Jackass and uh, the Bam Margera show, like like a lot of that stuff. I can't think of what the the Bam show was, but um, Viva La, Viva Bam, yeah, like like these these skate punk film shit and i'm sure youtube at the time uh or other internet early internet uh you know yeah, it would be things free was youtube around did i do that i, I don't know <laughs> youtube has kind of been ubiquitous for so yeah, long so it's long like, like that's just, how you know we're old yeah uh but yeah like there i'm sure that there were like underground videos like this where you know skate skating kids were making their own Oh yeah, own films and shit. Um, and the, the the first one here, shredding, is is one of those. It's a it's a skate punk kind of home film uh, where they go explore uh, this you know place where I guess some people died years like ago. This, like this club where there was like a freak electrical fire. They keep saying yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, and like a whole bunch of people died. Um, I thought this was really. I don't like this short. No, I don't either. But it very it like immediately grabbed me because as a teenager, I did dumb shit like this where you like go and explore like abandoned buildings that like bad yeah. shit has happened in. Like I specifically, we had a mental hospital not too far from us that you know in the eighties they closed them all down. Is this Cropsy? Were you doing Cropsy? Uh, so we had we had be something along those lines, yes. Like, but we had uh, um, uh, I can't remember the the Byberry State Pen, uh, not State Penitentiary, State Mental Hospital, um, uh, and there are like underground caverns and stuff like that connect all the buildings. That's and terrifying, all these, dude. <laughs> all these buildings are still up, and like, and they also had like, and it was a hospital, so. You have like the surgical arena where people oh would go God, and watch yeah. lobotomies and shit. And like they, when Reagan shut all the, cut all the funding, the states cut them all out. They just vacated. They let the patients go and the doctors just left their tools and shit behind. So like all this stuff is just lying on tables and, oh, and that's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's super creepy too. And then like similar to this, like you hear stuff and it's like there's spray paint on the walls because you know other kids or you know other people have broken in or homeless people are living in there. So there's like a, a 
a level of like danger to it. And yeah, like you grab your home, grab grab not yours because like you're you're a teenager, but like one of the kids has like a camcorder and like you're going in and doing like documentary stupidity. Um, but that's what this reminded me of. Like, I don't think the short's very good, but immediately it was like I connected with it. So I was like, this is dumb shit that I did. Um, I I connected with like right before the short, there was like a bunch of clips that makes you feel like you're like flipping through channels of that mm-hmm. era. Yeah. That and that like put me in that mindset and you see these kids and you're like, Oh yeah. Like you said, like I remember being this kid. We didn't have any mental hospitals, unfortunately, but if we did, we would have went in. Yeah, you you would have uh, been like exploring them because that's what uh, kids do. Like <laughs> you would have been drinking in them like an idiot. But yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, this thing I just thought I thought it was lame. Like the way it like where it goes and where it lands, I thought it was lame. Um yeah, it's a it's a kind of a shitty zombie thing. Well and a lot of them a lot of anthology films in general, and I'd say in this series too. It's like the setup is so much more interesting, and then when you get to the ending, you're like, "That was it!" Like, I get it; it's a short story, but it's like they don't always have like they don't land good. Like, I'd say like most anthology shorts like don't know how to end them, and but like I don't know, you're entertained enough while you're yeah. along for the ride. Yeah, yeah, I, I think this one just did this starting short did not. Ultimately, I wasn't like. I wasn't like super entertained by it, but that that quickly evaporates because then uh, the next one called Suicide Bid yeah. is a, is about like this this girl. She, um, if you don't know, a suicide bid is where you only bid to get into one sorority. Most people bid to get another so they can get selected by one. A suicide bid is basically like you're one and done. If you don't, get oh, it, I didn't know that. No shot. Um, so that that's what they're you know calling here like she she wants this one sorority she she only bids to that and uh they select her but she has to do a hazing ritual and they tell her they they give it like you know ghost story like hey this lady had to you know she also was a suicide bid and they made her you know spend a night in in a coffin, but when they went back to get her a week later, uh, she was gone. And they're like, we're not going to leave you on there for the week. You just got to survive the night and you can get out at any time. Like you just got to ring the bell. And she reluctantly agrees to do it. And it, this is fucking nightmarish. Like <laughs> this, this is something oh, that I am like terrified of. Like, Oh yeah. Being stuck in a place where like dirt and, and water is creeping in on you. Um, and you being forgotten, and that's kind of what happens here. The the sisters that are you know they're having a party up in the graveyard, and they uh, the cops show up, and instead of like, instead of just being like fuck, we fucked up, they leave the girl there, yeah. <laughs> and it starts to rain, and the uh, you know wa- water level, yeah. yeah, it's it's all nightmarish, and then like the supernatural kicks in, like of from the story that they told, and I, I thought it worked really well. It was fun. They do a lot of like boo gags with like the scary yeah. faces coming in in these these two movies, but like they look cool. Like I don't know, like yeah, yeah, good I, makeup. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's makeup or cheap digital effects, but they do like these scary fucking faces coming in a lot, and they do that in this. Again, I thought the setup and like, you know, her being just alone and scared was better than where it ends because again, it's just like, all right, well, what was all that? But uh, yeah, I mean, it, was... it ends with being very generic, right? Like, yeah. oh, I made a deal with the demon to fuck you guys over. Like, I, I, I fun, but yeah. I do like this one though, the, the, just because the whole premise—it's a fun one. Yeah, um, and I think that keeps going right into the next one, which was called Ozzy's Dungeon. Um, this reminded me of like Double Dare. Double like Dare a, meets Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, type of thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, it's uh like you know, it's the physical challenges from Double Dare and uh. And I guess Legends of the Hidden Temple, um, where you're competing to be like one of the last two, and then you got to go on a race, and and if you can complete the obstacle course in a minute, you'll get your wish granted uh, in Ozzy's dungeon. And uh, this one, it's it's pretty fucking grisly. Like it starts off like where it's like, oh, this is pretty dark. Like, you know, this announcer guy is pretty shitty. He's making fun of the kids like that are getting knocked out. Um, and like he's he's being pretty like he's pr- pretty much a shit bag. And then in the final right. set where they're doing their their run through of the uh, obstacle course, girl gets girl. in the lead and this like little boy who's in second place He's like grabbing onto her and she's like kicking him in the face to get him off. And then her leg breaks as she's leaving this uh, area. It's and it's gross. <laughs> um, and I wasn't really sure where it was going from there. And then it all of a sudden becomes like a fucking torture porn yeah. setup. <laughs> and I honestly thought it was the boy that that they had put in. Oh shit! They're gonna they're getting revenge on on the boy, but it's only a couple years later, and the mom is actually the one that has she's captured the host. <laughs> they've set up the uh, they've set up the obstacle course in their basement. <laughs> it's like kiddie pools and shit, and slip and slides. <laughs> yeah, but it's like with like glass and shit, and like yeah. oh, it's gross and it's. This is disgusting. The whole thing is super gross, but I had a, a lot of fun with it. Um, even up in the end where it goes to the supernatural, they, they do go to Ozzy's dungeon and it gets a little weird, but uh, I, I, had a, I had a good time with it. This one, I remember the first time I saw the movie, because I saw this one came out last year. This is where the movie loses me and it's where it loses me again. I don't know why. It just it goes on too long. I like can see just, that. Like, you know, I'm like, because I'm like, where are we going with this? You're like torturing this guy, this host. And I kind of get it. It's like their kid got hurt on the show. So they're getting back at him. I'm like, okay, does this need to be like 35 minutes? Or I don't know how long it is. It could be yeah, I, I believe it is the longest of the. It uh, goes so long. Yeah. And, and so it kind of loses me. Like, you made your point. Long. You made, yeah, that, that's, that's a problem. To me, that's a problem with like all of anthology movies. Like 
the first creep show is like two hours long, and it loses me. Where like I I know I'm a minority voice in this. Like I kind of dig Creep Show two more because it's only three stories. Like and it's like a, it's a quick ninety minutes. Like yeah, I feel like this, these movies would this work. This is five. Yeah. yeah, and it goes almost two hours. Like they all, yeah, they all go almost two hours because they give everyone all these directors carte blanche to do whatever they want. And uh, this one, yeah, I don't know. To me, it's the, like the, it makes it drag player. in the middle. It makes it drag in the middle because I do like. I think the last two are really, really fun. Um, um, all right. Well, so the next one is the Gawkers, and I think we're we're gonna be we're gonna disagree here. I think it's on the, this the second best one in the whole thing. Um, I didn't like this one, and not I. I know your your, your reasoning. I, I read your your write up on it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's it's this is the interludes we were talking about before, where you know the 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 kid is filming his like toys, doing like stop motion animation, um, and we find out that the the one doing that stop motion animation is uh, his older brother. He's he's filming with his older brother's camera that he doesn't want him to have, and you meet. This guy Dylan, who's the older brother, and like a bunch of his friends who are all kind of asshats, which is perfectly fitting. It fits for it, like kids in that era. Yeah, it reminds me uh, of the culture of that time. What guy, what boys were like? Yeah, yeah. Um, and like super horny, always looking for like, like one talking out their ass about women and girls. Like, yeah. Um. Uh, because none of them had ever seen actual boobs before. (laughs) But a girl moves in across the street and they are ogling her from afar. Um, They like, they're, you know, using zoom on the camera to, to catch her as she bends over as she washes her car. I mean, period accurate. Like that's something you would do with a camera in 1999. Oh, neighbor girls washing her car. Oh, she's bending over. Yeah. Um, and like the dorky brother, I don't, I don't even know how he ends up. He ends up skating over there and she invites him in for some reason. And then, um, you find out that like, I guess she talked to him and was like, Hey, can you set up a webcam for me? Um, which that's not, that's also period accurate, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, there's always going to be, like, the dorky kid on the street that knows about tech, and, and everybody knows. Yeah, yep. that show was new at the time, yeah. Um, so she invites him over to, to, to set it up, and, but these jackasses are like, hey, can we hack in and see what's on the camera? And he's like, uh, in theory, you can. Like, so they, they get him to agree to do it. He sets up the camera for, for this girl, Sandra. Uh, and then when he comes back, they activate the camera so they can see. And when she's going to take a shower, they turn it on to like catch her boobs and any other parts that were would be revealed on the camera. And instead, you find out that she's fucking Medusa. <laughs> yeah, I and it's all about a setup too. I did not know that Medusa was like a subclass of a type of mythical creature. Yeah, they're called a gorgon. Yeah, which I remember Gorgon Video, they were the ones that did like Faces of Death, like, and they had the Medusa logo. 
I just yeah, didn't know yeah. that was like a. I thought there was Medusa, and that was it. Like I always say, oh, it's a Medusa head, which you know, yeah. I don't know. Uh, sure. uh, well, yeah, I guess they they like she's not technically Medusa, right? Cause Medusa is a person. Um, she's a Gorgon. Uh, which did you never see like Clash of the Titans or any of that as a kid? Uh, uh, no, I guess I didn't. Yeah, so like they they I mean. There's people yeah. that have Gorgon heads running yeah, around. Great. Well, they talk about how, like, they kill Medusa in that, but they talk about the Gorgons and, like, she's the queen of the Gorgons. And, okay. Um, but basically, they are they're very beautiful women that have stakes on their head, and if you look at them directly, you'll turn to stone. So, uh, I don't know how she, like, knew that they were fucking with her, but... Uh, or that, or that this she's boy. fucking with them, man. She's fucking with them. She knows. Right. But I, I don't know how she knew that, like, <laughs> that the nice kid would be, like, manipulated to do that. But she does. She breaks into the house, turns everybody to stone. Um, I just thought it was a little dull, like, ultimately. I dig it because it reminded me a lot of uh, the type of asshole I was at the time. Okay. The type of kids. So what did I? You said I did a write up of this. What did I say? What did I say about it? I mean, you you said specifically you were like, oh, it reminds me of like kids being, you know, uh, kids are jackasses. Yeah, Yeah. and I was like, oh, he's talking about that one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it. It just reminded me because I I was like the I was the kid with the camcorder (laughs) this time. I was like the the budding movie maker who never became a movie maker, but that's what Mm -hmm. I was. And but I also like had that personality, and some of that still lives on me. Like, try to be a better person now, but like, you know, where it's just like oh, boobs, you know, and and, right. and like it just reminded me of me and my shithead friends at that age, and then see them get their cup up, come up, and it was fun. <laughs> and yeah, when you see the that she's like a Medusa, and like the fucking. Like it's cheap digital effects, but it looks cool. Like it works well enough. They it, they work well in these movies because it's like, oh, there's a shot of VHS, and you just get like glimpses. Like you know, someone's like shaking their hand, and like so you just kind of see things for a second here and there, and like, it, it works. Uh, but yeah, I dug this one because of that. It's funny though that I said that back when I saw it. Um, and uh, finally, it wraps up with a short call to Helen back, mm-hmm. uh, which is like taking place on new year's eve 1999 so we're going into y2k which uh you know jeff and i remember uh but if you don't remember it's a it's a pretty scary time for some people i was not terrified by it but people were like oh my god like computers are gonna stop working the world's gonna stop working it's gonna end there were a bunch of crazies that were going off about it um, but it was a thing, like just so people understand, because yeah. a lot of people are younger than us. It was a thing. It was a thing heading into that New Year's where, like, the the news made it sound like it was a possibility, like planes were going to crash, and you know, like it'd be real bad because this weird fucking computer thing, and it was just like nothing yeah. happened because of. Um, but the premise of this one, I guess, is that uh, uh, a coven of witches. Every year on New Year's, it's it's the time, I guess it's the best time to summon a demon. Um, they they have hired a 
film crew to film the demon coming in. Somebody has volunteered to be the host, and uh, they they get these two guys to to film it. And immediately shit goes bad during the summoning, and these two guys get sucked into hell. It's... They're they're dressed up like <laughs> they're at a yeah. fucking New Year's Eve party. They're holding like fake pitchforks and stuff. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. This is great. I love this one. Okay. Uh, me too. I think it's rad. I think it. I. I think it's one of the coolest visual representations of hell I've ever seen. Like I, I'm like kind of in awe of this super low budget movie making hell look this cool. Like there's just yeah. like they're like in a like a like, it looks like a desert like mountainy desert area, but then there's like you know red lightning and shit like just cool shit in the background, which I'm sure is all fake and digitally edited or whatever. But like it looks for good. the for the budget. It's just so cool, and they're just running around hell trying to figure out how to get out. I, like, I did not see it going there. You know what I mean? It was just like, whoa, we're in hell? And we got, we got like, I've never seen found footage in hell. I don't know about you, Chris. Not no. movies, <laughs> not movies go to hell. And this literally no, nor- hell. normally it's always very, it's very grounded, right? Like, we, we, and they add, like, a sprinkling of supernatural. This is, like, we're just going all supernatural. Like, we're going to a foreign place, and they're going to carry this camera throughout, which is always ridiculous. And I think that you need a level of disbelief. Uh, you need to suspend your, your belief for, for some found footage shit, because it's like, at some point, you're going to drop the fucking camera. Yeah, <laughs> these guys, these guys hold on to it even though they're they're getting like, beat the fuck up. As you're hell. fighting a demon, as you're fighting a demon, you're like trying to get the shot. It's like, yeah, I probably would just drop the camera and try to fight for my life, but it, whatever, it's it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's just fun, man. And the people that make this are um, Vanessa and Joseph Winter. Mm-hmm. I think they're a couple. I think they're like you know a married couple. I don't know, maybe they're brother or sister, but I think they're. I think they're a married couple. They did a movie called Deadstream. That's about a guy spending a night in a haunted house with, like, you know, cameras and shit. Like, you know, also found footage type thing. So they did on a feature length film and people really liked it. Got a lot of comparisons to Evil Dead. Uh, so if you like this, check that one out. But just for me personally, I thought, uh, like, I didn't like that one that much. I, I didn't like the main character who was played by Joseph Winters. Okay. Like I, I didn't like that guy. I mean, you're not supposed to like him, but I just found it really annoying to watch for an hour and a half of this guy. Um, like he's supposed to be like an annoying YouTube personality who's like going to do the stunt. So like he plays the part right, but I, I was just like, oh, fuck this guy, you know. Um, and I have I'm not stream on my Shutter yeah, too. So. I'm not into that brand of horror usually, but this is like really fun for a short. And I was just, yeah, I was just surprised that they went to hell. Like, they actually went to hell. It looks so cool. And it, and it is fun and goofy. They're following this demon around. This demon chick. Yeah, Mabel. She's great. Yeah. Like, she's like, she kind of like yeah. hisses at yeah. them. Like, yeah. Like, um, she's like, you know, she, she offers to have uh, help these, these two humans that, that should not be in hell currently if, as long as when they get back they can you know write her name into the the big book um 
which is neat because like they do at the end right like the they get they get brought back to to earth but they are in different bodies uh one is put into the the host body that is supposed to be sacrificed and the other one um i'm not sure what he's what body he's in but they they both end up being killed but before that like they write in blood the name mabel oh yeah into the book i was watching this super late last night before bed but yeah yeah um it's kind of fun like and then uh, she kept saying write my name in the book yeah and like he he write he big block letters mabel in blood um it's just a fun it's fun goofy look i don't like sometimes you you're like oh i wish they would blow this out like this is perfect like it was perfect as like the seven ten minute short that it was yeah um they knew this was the best one that's why they put it at the last like it is the best of the bunch i don't know about you i just best. uh i mean i i still really like ozzy's dungeon specifically because of the game show stuff but um, yeah, I'm surprised by that though. Cause someone, that's one of the ones that don't work for me. But yeah, all right. Uh, to Hell and Back though is right up there with it, and it's all it's a lot of fun. And then the the film kind of closes out like it goes back to uh, the the boys that turn to stone because the one guy is still holding the camera. The battery <laughs> dies. That's how it kind of oh, like okay. ends. Uh, um and uh. I did not catch this, maybe because I don't. I don't know if I watched all the way through the credits, but uh, I guess it's implied that the the witches are performing the ritual again, and this time they're they're summoning Mabel because uh, they're, they're calling out her name. So, hmm. uh, so she, that's why she wanted her name written into the book. She got promoted. I think it's a good anthology. Like I really kind of had had a good time with this one. Um, you know, outside of the outside of shredding that first short, I like everything here. Like it was, you know, and the Gawkers I didn't love, but still good enough. I like uh, three out of five okay. of them. But you know, you go into these movies knowing you're there's gonna be one you think sucks. You just hope that yeah, that most of them don't suck. I you don't you know. hope it's not the ending one either, because that leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah, and for what it's worth, I think that some people don't like the series, but I think both you and I are fans of the series. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like I like the VHS movies. I like found footage, and I like anthologies. And I accept that you know it has its limitations, and often you're gonna be disappointed. So, like, I guess what I would say is like, if you don't like the VHS movies, this isn't gonna like. It's gonna be the one that, like, all of a sudden you like it. But if you no, I think like one, I think you have to you have to accept found footage. Yeah. On the surface, if you don't like found footage at all, like this is not gonna work for you. If you don't like anthologies at all, not gonna work for you. Um, and I don't. I think you, if you you've like seen, I was gonna say if you've seen like VHS one, two, three, whatever, and you didn't like those, I don't think you're gonna like these. No, I, just don't, I don't know. Like it's it's not that different, right? Like it's still oh. it's kind of same concept. It's just this is themed around the nineties. I do and... think these are like for me personally, these newer ones are better. But uh, yeah, I just don't see someone that hated VHS one or VHS two being like, yeah, VHS ninety nine was the one that finally like sold me on it. <laughs> five five films in, you're finally yeah. like, oh, you finally figured it out. 
Um, for me, I thought it was. I think it's one of the better ones in the the series. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm going to go seven out of ten here, Jeff. Where where are you ranking VHS ninety nine? I rank it where I rank most VHS movies, which is I think it's like a six. It's it's fun. I like it a lot. All right. Um. All right. That brings us to VHS eighty five, uh, which just came out um, October sixth of this year. So, uh, why don't you just tell us where you got these videotapes from? Just tell us what they are. We bought a video recorder. And that's when I had the first nightmare. I don't think that you know what you're dealing with. Give me that camera. I started seeing these images. I recognized them. Recognize them from where? Wanna tell me what's on this one? Is that beta? Yup. Nice. If your god exists, does he require summoning? VHS 99, um, it is it's a new VHS anthology, this one set in the 80s, um, I guess specifically 1985, um, as some stuff happens in these that call out uh, the date a couple times. Um, uh, the second short, I believe, takes place in the 1985 Mexico City earthquake, and um, that was a real thing? Yeah, it was something okay. that was real. <laughs> um, and uh, the one of the other ones mentions Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Uh, and I was like, shit, when did that come out? And I looked up, like, the movie was 1989, but the book was 1984. <laughs> so. See, my head went to the movie. And I, and I was like, when did the movie, or when did the book come, come out? And I was like, I thought the book came out, like, 80, but... Either way, it would have been known. Yeah, it, it it it's fitting, but it makes sense. Like the the one, yeah, yeah, the like one person book, yeah, yeah, it was a new book, so like the one person hadn't read it yet. Um. Uh, anyway, uh, this, uh, th- this has a bigger wrap around story. Um, kind of as as you mentioned in the last one, told through like these interludes, but this is definitely more, more in depth. Uh, and it, it leads up to something. It's Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, in a way. <laughs> um, and I guess like it's called Total Copy. Um, it, it takes place throughout the whole thing, but 
Um, yeah, it's about like these these scientists that are uh, studying this being named Rory. We'll, we'll get to that shortly. Uh, but I think this film, outside of that, you know, the the, the framework for the wraparound, um, I think this one starts out real well with this short called No Wake. Yeah. Um, that is, it's these kids going, they're going on a camping trip, like, just something we all are very familiar with, uh, especially if you watch 1980s slasher films, like, mm-hmm. a major trope in them. Uh, and these the seven kids go out, they're out by a lake. Uh, two of them decide they're going to stay back. Uh, and it is implied they're staying back because they are going to, they're going to get it on. And the other five go out on this boat and, you know, there's a lot of good character interaction. I think like you actually get to, you know, the main, the main person with the camera and like he's kind of flirting with this other girl. I like both of them. They're they're kind of fun. And yeah. uh, you know, you see some like it, it it draws it out. Like they're having fun on this little vacation. And this one girl is learning how to to water ski, and she's like doing it. And then all of a sudden, like she falls down. And they're like, "Oh shit, what happened?" They circle back, and she, there's blood all in the water. And then you start hearing the the Man. bullet shots. Yeah, <laughs> and it's fucking brutal. Dude. Like, this is gory. It's it's both gory and also like scary. Like it, it like remind because this is something that we live with. Yeah. This is nightmarish. That, yeah, this is something that people do, and you're seeing it happen. Like it, like you're not seeing it coming. It comes out of nowhere, and it's a, it's a mass shooting. Like someone is. On the shore, shooting at them on the boat, and and also to like circle back to like we were talking about, like the lead up to it feels very believable. Home movies from the eighties, like the the look of it looks like something that was shot on a camcorder in the eighties, and it's just it seems like a very believable, like you know, I would say like a home movie or a family movie, but it's you know, it's just friends hanging out, like it. And like you said, just, you're just hanging out with them for most of it. And then out of nowhere, like, with no sort of lead-up to it, the horror happens. Uh, and that's that's how mass shootings are. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it got me. Like, and it's gory. Like, the girl's jaw gets, like, shot off, or it's, like, hanging off after the shot. Oh, my God. It's so gross. <laughs> um, And then, like, you know, Two two of them have survived. Uh, I think it's crazy. Like, they're hiding in the boat, like and trying to to figure it out. So like they're like poking their head up, like, "Hey, maybe we can make a swim for it." Um, and then the the shooter starts shooting through the boat. Uh, and at the end, like the girl who the first girl who was shot and killed, who was left in the water. She swims over and she's like, help me up onto the boat. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then the girl who had her face shot off, she gets up. It's like, oh, fuck. Now we're like, this is weird zombie thing, but it's not. Um, it seems that the water. Magic it, waters. Yeah, it brings brings anybody that, that has touched it back to life. 
um, very like just fascinating in that way. And ultimately, I was like, I was happy with the way you know this whole thing. I thought it was nightmarish, as you said. I was a little sad at the way it ended. Yeah. Um, because it's like there's no resolution. They're just like, yeah, we're gonna get revenge, and then it just cuts, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. We'll get back to that though, because I think they, they yeah. resolve that in a really neat way. Um, the next short is this thing called God of Death, which is a Mexican news crew. Um, they're just doing their thing, and then the, the 1985 Mexico City earthquake happens, and you get some found footage of these people in the the TV studio, the ones that have survived. Uh, trying to escape through, you know, the rubble, and it turns out it was some like old Mexican god, <laughs> like like an Aztec yeah. god that uh, is. I, I I didn't love this one. I zoned but... out on this one, unfortunately. I think it was a poor choice to put like a foreign language in the middle. Yeah, know. it's all it's all in Spanish, um, and like it it is also gory. That's something all of these. Uh, but th- this th- this brand of this VHS in in particular one, yeah. is very gory. Like I don't think it's been this gory ever before. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean they they do some very good work with the the low budgets they have. Uh, I didn't love this one, but uh, yeah. it, it's fine. Um, I guess I think the middle just like. Uh, the last one, I think the middle sags for me here, and then like redeems itself later at the at the end uh, or the middle of this the whole anthology or the middle of this short. I, I no the whole like the movie oh, like yeah the, yeah, the, the middle stories are kind of weak and then like the last yeah. few stories I really dig so and that's yeah, how I felt so, about ninety nine too. So yeah, well, the next one is called TK NOGD. Um, it's a it's a performance artist. Like she's talking about how. Good lord, I hated this at first. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, she's doing like this talk, and she's like, "Oh, who believes in God?" And she's like, "No, I'm actually talking to you people." And it's like, "God is dead." It's yeah, by technology. And she she puts on a VR headset and like the power glove. <laughs> uh, it's really weird. But then like she. It starts being kind of tortured by like this digital monster, uh, and and what's happening to her in virtual reality is happening to her in real life. It's pretty grisly, like. Uh, but again, I did not love this. this no, one. I was so put off by we're like starting on this one woman play thing. And she's like preaching. She's like preaching the whole message of the short the whole time. And yeah, yeah it just didn't do it for me. You know, kind of fine. Like, I thought it was like the VR realm looked cool, like the wireframe. I don't know what you call it, those graphics. Yeah. Um, and, and vector graphics. Yeah, the vector graphics. I, I love seeing that represented because people don't remember that's how early 3D looked. Um, and, and then, like, you know, kind of neat looking at the end when they take the helmet off her. But ultimately, yeah, I was just bored by it. Like, I was just like, I get it right away. And this sucks. <laughs> not a fan of this one. Yeah, I was not 
I did not like this one, but immediately that picks up with uh Yeah. Actually, maybe not immediately because like it's this thing called Ambrosia. Um and it's seems like we're having like a a birthday party or something for yeah. this girl Ruth. You don't really know what the fuck is up. Yeah, it, it just for looks most like, of it. It just looks like a home video uh, you're taking of a birthday party or something. And then it drops something on you. So there there is a uh there's this little squirt gun. Uh <laughs> this boy runs up and shoots uh this girl, the girl who's the star of this one, Ruth, shoots her with. And uh and then like I, I immediately was like, Holy fuck. <laughs> oh, you immediately caught it? I, I just thought I was like I remember there being like the squirt gun in the other one. Like yeah. the, the well, first short, they're shooting each well, other with squirt gun shots in the And face. the kid goes the kid goes, the lady in the RV gave it to me. Oh really? I didn't catch it. And I was like, oh, and you could see the RV speeding off. Um and like I was like, oh man, like they're this this is the this is it. This is the revenge yeah. one. These are the people that killed them. Yeah. And I didn't really tie it. I didn't You're know like, well, exactly. Like, how does it? How does it? How does it connect? Like the, exactly. Like yeah. I knew that like this is going to be the revenge one, but I didn't know exactly what was happening. And then you go back inside. Ruth starts showing her her perspective of the killing in No Wake. So you see her kill uh, the people like that were on the shore. She's like the family's all sitting around to watch her home movie. Of how she killed these people. <laughs> yeah, be- because this so is like demented. a family rite of passage, I like love where, it. it's so like funny. it's a murder cult. Like yeah. this is a murder family, and that's how like you get your adulthood is by killing seven yeah. people. It, it, you know, they all sit around. And act like, it's like a normal birthday party. Everyone's drinking, having fun. Oh, you're so cute! Look, you're so cute with the gun. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So they go through all the the the. Um, all the kills, and then the police show up, and these motherfuckers pull out some guns. Like they are, they are loaded up like a cult. And the mom is like, "You don't let them take you alive." Like, uh, and some craziness going on with with uh, you know the 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 aunts and the uncles running around with guns. And we we're still kept from the perspective of Ruth. She shoots her boyfriend. Um, because he's not willing to fight, and uh, the cops gun Ruth down, and then I'm like, all right, well, I mean that that makes sense, but then it ties back to the water gun, yes, yeah, and it ties water. back to the end of No Wake, where the one girl was like, no, we're gonna do exactly, we're gonna do to her exactly what she did to us, and. They squirted her with the lake water. Yeah. So she comes back to life after being killed. She then tries to kill herself again, shoots herself through the head, and she can't die. <laughs> so, uh, I thought this one was great. Like I loved it. I, I really did. And I think that it's interesting because both this one and the opener were done by Mike P. Nelson, who is a relative newcomer. He did that Wrong Turn reboot that I think okay. he didn't care for. I didn't love. Like, it, kinda, it, and then this, 
And this is great. What he does in this VHS movie is, I think, it's really good. Excellent. Like, very yeah. smartly done. Well tied together. I was not expecting them to, yeah, to circle was, back. A, it was a nice surprise. You don't see that in anthology movies often, right? Where it's like one story connects the other, and you're kind of seeing the other side of the story. You know, it, I, I thought that was really neat. Yeah, uh, this one one of the more innovative uh, and and original ones here. Just really, really, really liked it. Um, and then that brings us to the final one, well, the kind of the final one. Uh, this thing called Dream Kill, uh, which is directed by Scott Derrickson. He's done a bunch of he's done a bunch of stuff. He did Sinister. I like him. Um, the Black maybe. Phone, which I think we both liked last year. I love the Black Phone. I, maybe I'm biased because he's a Derrickson, but uh, <laughs> it's a very uncommon name, and him being a horror director. Uh, but yeah. Um, and his his short here is, uh, it's a home invasion woman the, the way this one starts out is like it's a home invasion but we are witnessing it from kind of the point of view of the killer and uh and the woman Me. is like she's making she's calling 911 so we're getting the 911 call as the killer is moving through the house like you're watching like, it's like you're watching michael myers at the beginning how we go through the house yeah to hear the 911 call us was making yes it's so cool <laughs> really neat um and he he kills her with a electric meat carver sliced his slices her eyes open with a razor and hey. then it cuts to black and next we have a you know the police are there and um you know they're they're going over the murder and he's like this seems really familiar it seems like something i've seen before through a videotape that we got, but like a week ago or so. Mm. And so it's like a really neat setup is like, they're yeah. getting these premonition videos, like basically recordings of something that hasn't happened yet. Uh, and so you go through like the whole, them trying to figure out like who's mailing the tapes and how do they know they're tracking the blue collection boxes that yeah. you know, are on the streets. Like it's really, really kind of like neat, and it's like plays out yeah. like a police procedural. Yes, yes. Um, up until like the very end when it it kind of is revealed of like this one guy who's been with you the whole time. He's the killer. Um, he's also the dad of the guy that they catch and are interrogating. It's like really, really cool. I th- thought like smart, kind of sci-fi horror. Um, the, the way it kind of plays out. Um, I don't know if the ending of it's great, but fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Like I, this is the longest one in this, right? This has got. Yes, me. it's it's the longest. It almost could have been blown out into its own movie. And it, you know, these are these are, you know, it's Scott Derrickson, it's Cargill. Yeah, there, you know, all the people that worked on the Black Phone did this. Yep. Uh, I don't think Joe Hill is involved in this, but uh, I dig it. It's it's like so like it, it gets its hooks into you. You're just like, oh, that's a neat idea. Like there's you know there's these murders that are happening, but cops are getting sent videos of the murders. 
before they happened, and you find out it's like, yeah, there's like this teenage kid, he got a, v, you know, a VCR. <laughs> it's so funny. He was like, I wanted a beta, but, uh, <laughs> and, but like for whatever reason, like his dreams will be recorded by it, like you know, and, and he's like somewhat psychic. It's it just like the neat concept. It's just such, yeah, it like plays to all the things like I'm super into. But I'm with you at the end. It, go, it gets silly once it, like we're getting into a shootout in the police station at the end. Like I, I just I'm like ah, it was so good up and like I was so just it's just like dripping with atmosphere and eerie and, and just a cool idea. And then it like yeah, like a lot of these, like I said at the top of this episode, like the setup is stronger than the end. And, and that, I think that's true even of Dream Kill, even though I think this is like. I, I, I agree with you. I think this is one that could have been like its own movie. Like if you were like, hey, here's a new movie from Scott yeah. Darkson called Dream Kill. It's 95 minutes long. Um, but yeah, like the ending bit, which is the shootout in, in the police station. Um, I thought that was a little dumb. Like I wish it, it wish it ended like, on a stronger note. Yeah, I wish it kept the same tone and, and just like the eeriness and like Maybe like, oh, we will never solve this, or you know, something, something like creepy. But, yeah, uh, like either, either, uh, um, you know, the killer gets away with it, like you know, he's he's able to cover it up in a way, or like the main cop is able to figure it out. Like he does figure it out, but the way it ends is like he gets killed in the car, and then the shootout in the police station happens. If he had. You know, been able to to turn the tables and not die there. Like, yeah, uh, I think I it would have worked yeah. a little better. Or if they I, had just ended it with the with him being killed and then. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be neat, right? Just that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's such a cool idea. Like these guys, you know, Cargill and and Derrickson are. are oh, I dig their shit, dude. I, I watched the Black Phone last night. First time since theaters, and I was like, "Man, this movie's fucking great! Like, I love it. There's so much I love about it." Um, this is not up there with that, but it, it, you got really talented people working on this cheap short movie for yeah. fucking Shutter. It's pretty cool. I, I, you know, I think this is probably the best one for me, but like, I do really love what uh, with those like two shorts that connect to each other in a really cool way. So I'm kind of split. I'm like, what I love the best on this one, but I, I kind of lean towards like the first like 15, 20 minutes of this one really dig. This one's long too, though. This one goes on for what? Yeah. It's, I mean, cause like they, go, they, they go through like, there's a lot of investigative work. Yeah. There's multiple murders that, that but, they like, get you're into it. Like, it's like you're in a movie all of a sudden and you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm into this movie. Like very, and it's acted well. Like, I think maybe maybe the kid Gunther, who is the psychic, is, he he's a little bit out there, but he um, was goth kid. Yeah, they, I think they overdo how he looks. But I guess yeah, he's a little five, little know. like exaggerated goth kid. Like, yeah. Um, and then finally, like it it wraps up, and all through this, we've been getting like little like minute or two minute uh, interludes of this thing called Total Copy, uh, which is. About this uh, kind of shapeshifter named Rory and the experiments these scientists are performing on him. Um, 
I don't know. This one's fine. Like it becomes like a little tentacly monster at the end. I do think it's the way it ends. I found funny. Um, it, it, this this monster Rory kills everybody with his tentacles, but he drags the bodies back, and he's been being being given stimuli and like trying to learn through television and stuff, and he keeps seeing uh, aerobic videos. <laughs> so at the yep. end. He has these bodies hey. and he's exercising. Them. Hey man, fucking killer workout. Yeah, you know it, was, about? it was funny. Yeah, we're touching uh, on the zeitgeist. But ultimately, like th- none of this worked for me outside of that ending. Like I just didn't care. Like I normally like sci-fi horror. This is just this is I don't just know, it's a little I've too disjointed. This, I just seen this a million times from from Stranger Things to whatever the fuck. We've yeah, seen it's this. every. Every like eighties sci-fi kind of underground scientist horror thing. There's a ton of them. It's just I did, it's <laughs> generic. I did love though, like at the very beginning of the whole movie when like they're showing, you know, they they start these movies like random clips to set the era, and yeah. you get like a very short clip. This boy was very special. It, it was like it felt like something that would be on like hard copy or something, you know. But yeah, like as it goes on, it's just like okay seen this story a million times uh but overall i don't know i i I dig all these movies and i i dug all the shutter entries uh pretty good yeah like again i think it's like i like this shit but I, i understand that a lot of people do not like i don't think this is the most popular series ever but i always have fun with them no, and I'm glad they. I'm glad you know Shutter's picked them up and and they're yeah, getting played. Like um, it's their new Halloween thing that they put out besides yeah. Joe Bob, you know. And and uh, I think VHS 99 set like set like viewership records. Oh really? When yeah yeah here it is on uh, VHS 90 oh, 94 broke broke the the records on a uh, Shutter. That that makes sense. That was two years ago. So. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, VHS 85, I think it's pretty consistent throughout. Like, I don't love all of it, but I, I don't think that like any of them are like, oh, this is a, this is a shitty one, but none of them for me, even as much as I like no wake and yeah, um, Ambrosia, I was like, oh, that's fucking phenomenal. Like. I think it's really neat the way they, they play it out. I thought it was terrifying. No Wake is nightmarish, and the way yeah. they wrap it up in Ambrosia is really neat. But I wasn't, like, wowed by uh, anything except for the gore in this one, I guess. I mean, I think this one, it's weird because I think it has, like, the same weakness as you know, as uh, 99 in that, like, I think the middle sags and, like, there's ones I don't like. But then I really dug the way the two played off each other, and I think we end pretty strong. Like, again... Yeah, it's mostly think, strong, yeah. I think Dream Kill, like, is really solid, but, like, I don't love the last, like, five minutes of it, you know? Yep, I get that. Uh, for me, like, I, I think I think it's just a step a little little step down from from ninety nine. I really liked it. But yeah. I'm gonna give it a uh, I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. See, to me, 
I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 as well, which I gave the other one. And it's like, I think the best short out of all these is to Helen back, which is from 99. 99 yeah. But I think I enjoy 85 more for the air, the aesthetic, the way two stories play off each other. And then we have Derrickson doing a dream kill. I, I, oh man. I'm like, I should mention that too. Like, so uh, 99 felt very much like, you know, late 90s. This one also feels very much like the 80s, but not like the fun 80s <laughs> that 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 you remember. It's like the more gritty 80s that it really was. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, it kind of feels like it. It feels authentic. Yeah, it's it's not the it's not the 80s of like this is what you want to remember. Like, yeah, Madonna it's, it's and killer know. workout and like. Yeah. Like it's not that it's it's what the eighties actually were, which was, you know, uh, the tail end of the fucking Cold War, um, weird, weird science experiments and shit that we weren't really sure of, and uh, weird new technologies that we weren't really sure of, and you know, nightmarish stuff. Like I, I think maybe the. When when was the 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 gas station shooter in in Washington? Do you remember that? I want to say that was fucking. I thought, well I thought it was like the 80s. early nineties, but I want to say it could have been later, late nineties. Uh, yeah, the the, like the, that, the the dude that like would be in the trunk of the car shooting out at people, sniping them. Yeah, like the the DC sniper. I think was what it, what it was, was called. That was. We're getting old. That was much more recent than than the eighties. Oh yeah, I was in the two thousands. So. <laughs> I was gonna say, literally, that's how old we are, Chris. The two thousands and the eighties. It's all fucking yeah. yeah it's all goop mixed together. And it's the all oh, fucking blur. No one point. remembers but us. We're fucking historians that only remember this shit now. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm sure people were just like the DC sniper. What the fuck is he talking? I about? I was thinking about it. I was like, I know. I thought that's what you were talking about, right? Like, I was yeah, like, yeah. I want to say that was like the like maybe pre Obama. When does it? When was it? It was. It was 2002 to two. Uh, it was. It was like it was October. It was literally 21 years ago, October wow. 2nd through the 24th, 2002. Yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. Um as for the movies, I'm so split on it. Like I, I, I like these. Like I like them all evenly. So you're saying that you like? So I slightly like 99 more. Like 99 more. I'm trying to think. Um, I think I disliked the ones I disliked in 99 more. So I can see. I do. I think 85 is. More consistent, kind of more, yeah. Like there's there's dips, but not as bad. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go 85, and I think the poll, uh, as it were, went with 85. I think we had one vote, 100 percent for 85. All right, well, so VHS 85 taking the uh, taking the crown here this month. It's very close. I think we like them both. Yeah, I don't like. There was not a. I do not regret watching either of no. these movies. I, I had a good time with them. Um, I think if you like found footage or anthologies, this is worth giving a go. Either one of them, uh, the whole series actually. Like, yeah, 
Um, but Jeff, what do you have in store for us for December? This is it's our annual Christmas episode, as you know. Yep. And I'm gonna go with uh, two Christmas movies I want to show you. These are two Christmas movies I saw for the first time last year, and I really enjoyed them, so I've seen them both. Uh, and I was like, Chris should see them. Uh, okay. So we're gonna go with. Christmas Bloody Christmas from 2022, directed by Joe Bagos. It's available on Shutter, or it should be. Okay. And we're we're gonna go with Silent Night, Deadly Night Five, The Toy Maker, directed by Martin Kit Rosser from the year of 1991. Um, I, I I enjoyed these both, so I hope you like them. All right. I mean, I am I am up for some Christmas horror. I I think I've gone on about this before, but Christmas horror has like really, really grown on me throughout the year. There's all the colors, and you know, just and the perversity of like turning this family holiday into something evil. Like it's just yeah. really, it's really grown on me. And so, like, I just keep seeking out. I think it, I don't know if it was last year. Might have been last year. You did the Silent Night remake. Yep. yep. Um, that was such a nice surprise that I bought the Blu-ray of that immediately. I really love that movie. I'll probably watch that in December. But these are two. I hope I could add to your December roster. I both like. I don't think either of these are home runs, but like they're both interesting in their own ways, and I had fun with them. I am glad that you uh you picked up two more. Christmas horror films. I I look forward to our December, our December episodes. Like they're just they're just fun. I love Christmas horror, man, and there's a lot of it out there, fortunately. So, so uh, we got Christmas, Bloody Christmas, and Silent Night, Deadly Night five next time out. We'll see you then. Yeah.